You're listening to Heatwave Radio, and this is Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. On today's episode, uh, this is our first episode, actually, and we're going to be talking about Glass, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie starring Samuel L. Jackson, but not really, and also Bruce Willis and James McAvoy. Um, We do have... Lots of spoilers in this, so we try to stay away from them as long as we can, but uh, if you haven't seen this movie and you want to, maybe save this until after, you, until after you've seen it. Belief in oneself is contagious. We are part of something larger. We are fighting for the broken. My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist. I specialize in those individuals who believe they are supernatural beings. I don't belong here. David Dunn, you believe you are exceptionally strong, but there are men who are as strong as you. Kevin Wendell Crump. You believe there are two dozen souls living in that body with you. You can call me Norma. I'm so amped! Elijah Price, you have an extraordinary IQ. You think you are superhuman. What if I suggested that you are mistaken? They've been lying to us all. You were sent here to be an avenging angel. How much do you want to avenge us? These individuals have lost their perspective. A lot of people are going to get hurt. (laughs) Don't do this. You can convince the world we exist. Are you ready? This is where they would paint you with big eyes and bubbles of confusion above your head. Welcome to Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we discuss movies that just came out. My name is Jeff, and this is my co-host, uh, Pierre. Say, say hi, Pierre. Hi, guys. So, uh, we just saw uh, Glass yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, um... We're going to talk about glass, I guess. So that's our classic movie for th- for today. Uh, Pierre, you tell us about glass. Uh, glass is the third installment of the very long-winded M. Night Shyamalan trilogy, starting with Unbreakable in the year 2000, I believe. Was it? Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. And it was what received it was received with critical acclaim. Um, and that's that's uh, that wasn't the start of his career when he was really on a hot streak after the Sixth Sense. And Signs? Or was Signs the bad one? I think Signs... Well, Signs is a bad one for okay, one. No, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure Signs was after because I remember okay. Signs... I think Signs <clears throat> might have been 2001 or something. And I remember, <clears throat> like, even at the time, the CGI looked really dated. And that was a major, major sticking point on that one. Oh, okay. But I feel like he did one thing between Sixth Sense and Unbreakable because I'm pretty sure that Sixth Sense was, like, 96. It was 97, I think. 97. I, I think it was because I was born the year... And Haley Joel Osment was really young, and then like in two thousand, 
one or something. He did Kingdom Hearts, and by that point, like, he was old enough that he could have probably been signing contracts. I mean, I guess with a parent, but, like, Sixth Sense came out, like, Sixth Sense came out a while before Unbreakable, I thought. So there might have been one in between there. Maybe. Anyway, I feel like Long-Winded and M. Night Shyamalan just kind of go together. They don't even really need to be said at this point together, almost, because, like, what was the last M. Night? I don't. I was going to say, what is the last M. Night Shyamalan movie I saw? And I don't think I saw any in theaters, actually. Like, yeah, this was my first one, too. Yeah, that's... Uh, so how was your first M. Night Shyamalan movie in theaters? Do you want to just... Uh, should I just say I didn't like it? Okay, I think... <laughs> Which sucks. So um, I'm going to say that I uh, have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to I wanted to come in here and just say I didn't like it, but that's not wholly true. Okay. It's just mostly true. All right, cool. So um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to start by just talking about we'll, – well, let's, let's talk about this movie. We're going to mostly avoid spoilers. I mean, you can't talk about a movie without spoiling something. So, you know, be aware of that. But we're going to avoid like – Major spoilers. Major spoilers, for sure. Right. Um, but, uh, so, you have seen Unbreakable and mm-hmm. Split, which this is, this movie says it's a third movie in a trilogy, but, like, Unbreakable barely even plays into it. Like, yeah. the, a lot of the characters are from Unbreakable. Uh, the two main characters are from Unbreakable, but really, this movie is more about Kevin from Split than anything. Mm-hmm. If I if I had to like put a main character into this movie, it's not even Glass, which sucks because he's the best character straight up. Yeah. But anyway, um, so this is a movie. This is the third movie in a trilogy, and you've seen that entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see that like in pre- in preparation for this movie, or had you just already seen those? Um, I'd already seen Unbreakable. I'm a big superhero movie fan, and right. I heard Unbreakable was the one movie where. He really took superheroes and kind of made them really gritty and mm-hmm. dark, I guess. I, I know, like, Batman did that, but this was more of this a was, psychological but, thriller. But this was also 2000. Like, I think Batman Begins was, what, 2004? Like, 2005, it was yeah. 2005, so it was a lot later. So this wasn't, maybe not necessarily the first, but it was one of the early ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it featured, it was very different in that the hero wasn't very heroic. You know, it just, just felt like a guy that... We kind of has superpowers. It, it felt like very grounded in that. If if someone were to get superpowers, it probably wouldn't play out like a superhero fantasy. It was just like this guy trying to like go around and do stuff, but you know, he's not like people aren't cheering for him, and he's not saving the world. You know. Yeah, actually, like the main uh, the main plot point of this movie is that uh, he just gets arrested, which is what they're always trying to do in a Spider Man comic. Like they're always trying to arrest Spider Man, but like. In very few of those comics, does it make sense? Because like the police kind of love him. He's doing the good. He's doing good stuff. Everyone loves Spider Man. In this, mm. like, he's just a shadowy guy going around dealing out justice, and that's never really a good thing in real life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, actually, like, okay, so you've seen both of these. I have not. I this is my first movie in this trilogy. Mm. I went into it completely blind. Uh, I was originally going to watch both of these, but I ended up not having the time, and then eventually I just sort of said, I'm just going to watch it anyway. And um, so I went in trying to see if it st- stood alone on its own, as, or stood alone as a movie, and, like, you really need to have seen Split for this movie. Yeah. Uh, this this movie, 
it if they explain enough about the other one, I mean, a movie can stand on its own without giving you the entire backstory, but at the same time, like, you kind of need something. And they explain enough about the other movies that this movie mostly made sense. Like, I knew kind of what was going on most of the time. Mm. But there's a character from Split that they just sort of introduce. I thought it was a throwaway scene at first. They uh, they introduce this character, Casey, who is in her high school going to her guidance counselor. And her guidance counselor says, hey, they locked up the guy that murdered all your friends. You must be ecstatic. And I thought that was just like, oh, there's the reference to Split, and mm-hmm. now she's not important anymore. Well, mm-hmm. she is. She's a main character, which um, I didn't much care for because I didn't know who she was, and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, she did very well, I guess. Uh, but, like, you need to have seen Split is what I'm trying to get at. And you have seen Split, so mm-hmm. do you want to tell us a little bit about Split? Because... I would really like to know a little bit about Split. Well, the whole thing with her is that Kevin was abused as a child. Right? So Kevin is the uh, he's he's the main character of Split. He's kind of the bad guy in this movie, kind of the protagonist. It's really hard to say. Yeah, well, it depends on what personality he's choosing. Right, because be he has disassociative identity disorder, yeah. and he has ten different personalities. Mm-hmm. One of whom no, twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, I think it was limited down to ten for the movie for some reason. In this movie, why. they said at some point ten. So I guess like it's. I guess because he's not the focus or something? I don't know. Maybe. Something might have happened. I can't remember Split that well, honestly. Um, I'm guessing you saw it a while ago. Well, I saw it a year ago. Oh, okay. Um, That that felt like a really small detail, um, the the amount of personalities. Right, right. Because the point is he's got Split personalities and some of them are kind of their own characters. But essentially, so yeah, so he usually hurts teenage girls, but he doesn't hurt Casey because she was also abused as a child. So he protects the the people that have been hurt, right? That's right. why he likes uh, um, Mr. Glass in this movie as well because okay. he also was hurt a lot as a child. Real quick, I just realized uh, we're talking about, we're already talking about the movie, which mm-hmm. is what we're supposed to do. But yeah. uh, I'm going to give a quick summary of like what happens in this movie. Oh, so. Sure. Uh, um, and this is, of course, coming from someone who has no idea what any of the backstory is, so correct me if I'm wrong on anything, or, I mean, like, I, I just wrote up a little paragraph we got. So, Bruce Willis is a superhero who has to fight a wereman, played by James McAvoy, <laughs> because, like, at the end of the day, uh, sure, he's got these, these different personalities, but the one that's evil, in in quotes, is, like, he, the amount of times that James McAvoy takes off his shirt and then, like, goes into the tortured, like, video game graphic of, ah, or whatever, is annoying. Like, it happens a lot. Anyway, yeah. he has to fight a were-man, played by James McAvoy, uh, but then they get arrested, so they can't fight anymore, and then Samuel L. Jackson, who's really smart, but he's also evil, tries to get them out so that they can fight at a tower so that everyone can see it. Yeah. That's that's basically what's going on here. Essentially the movie. So most of this movie happens in an asylum. Uh it's kind of like like it's an asylum but it's also a prison so it's basically Arkham Asylum but mm-hmm. there's only three people in it. Mhm. Except that at one point in the movie, they show other people in the asylum just, like, looking out through the windows and they're, they're just, like, trying to get the get the crazies away from the window and, like, it's it's silly. Like, I mean, I on the one hand, I'm glad that it's not just three people in the asylum, but mm. like, 
I don't know. I feel like there was a better way, either, either a better way to handle that or just like not at all. But to have the um, patience in there. Well, like th- to show that, like either just don't show there's other patients mm-hmm. or like there would have been a better way to show mm-hmm. it. Like they're very much in their own part of the asylum. Like mm-hmm. there's literally only three of them in the part of the asylum that matters. And oh, yeah, they're in like a certain wing. right? Yeah. The, okay. And that wing was like, I don't know if it was called any. I don't think it had a name. But um, the uh, that wing was basically the Elijah Glass wing until uh, the two very strong people come in. Mm-hmm. So this is where Elijah Glass just has been uh, has been detained for I guess nineteen years, roughly, because mm-hmm. this takes place nineteen years after Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they throw two more people in it, and then they wait for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. This movie's really slow. It is, yeah. It, uh, I really did not like that, honestly. Like, it took about an an hour, and they were basically reiterating the same stuff over and over again, which was them not, or I guess it was the psychiatrist questioning them about their frontal lobe and their superpower superpowers, but then yeah. also she doesn't really do anything about it right. until, like, an hour and a half in the movie where they finally, like, talk about their brain scans. So this is why I'm saying that I have mixed feelings on this movie, because... Um, I just don't know where to start. Mm. There's nothing that happens in this movie. And yet it's hard to explain why nothing happens. Cause like, it's really slow. Nothing's really happening. And, uh, during that entire time, there's this psychiatrist character who is one of my least favorite archetypes in any superhero movie ever. Um, played by Sarah Paulson who's actually a great actress, mm. uh, just not in this movie, because I think because she's given a terrible script to work with. Yeah. Her character is that she doesn't believe superheroes exist and that the, the her patients are just making up everything, which is a character that I've never, that I've seen done well once. And like, even where it was done well, he was done well because they portrayed him as like willfully ignorant and just kind of stupid in mm. that's in Watchmen mm. where like the psychiatrist, he's evaluating this mass murder and he's saying, so tell me about your childhood. And the mass murder is like, dude, you don't even want to know about my childhood, but here you go. And also I think you're weak and just like making, taking the, taking the piss out of this guy the whole time. So like, that's the only time I've seen this done well. And Sarah Paulson is like trying to, this isn't her specifically. This is her character. She's like, they make her a really dominating force in this movie. So this movie is kind of just her, for a lot of it, it's just her talking about what these people can, cannot, or think they can or cannot do, which is not interesting. No. Like in a superhero movie, you either want to I, I would say that like you could probably make a good superhero movie where you never show what the hero's powers are. I think that's not completely what Unbreakable is, but like Um it was kind of similar. He doesn't really discover his powers until like the last 20, 30 minutes, I want to okay, say. Okay, so like you can do that, or if you're not gonna do that, just show the superheroes doing superhero things. Mm-hmm. And like they never do that. And this movie wants to be dark and gritty, but it just sort of loses itself about 20 minutes in and then doesn't figure out what it's actually doing until about the last 10 minutes. Yeah, it was very confusing in that. Literally, this whole movie is just waiting, is is at the very beginning, 
They set up a fight between Bruce Willis and James McAvoy. Mm. That fight kind of happens, but then it gets interrupted for an hour, and then it comes back, and then they finish the fight. Like, that's what this movie is, is just waiting for that fight to happen. Um, and in the meantime, there's Samuel L. Jackson, who's the best character, but doesn't get a lot to do in this movie. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson's entire point in this movie is to just make that fight happen. Um, so he's breaking them out of prison. And it shows how smart he is. And it's very cool to, like, watch him sort of trick all of these other people. But, like... All he's doing is planning a prison escape, and you don't get to see what he's actually... You get don't get, really get to see any part of his plan until they reveal the whole thing five minutes before the end. Which, I mean, he's... Which, which basically means he's not in much of this movie. And it's, af, and it's named after him. Yeah. So, like, what's the point? Well, I will say that his character was basically the entire pivot point of the story. He didn't get the most screen time, but essentially like he, it was, it was his motivation that got yeah. us towards the end. You know, he was, he was the main contributor to the plot. Yeah. He made the stuff. He made the, the story arcs and the characters move around. Um, and actually I really liked his, uh, his motivation in this movie. Cause Samuel Jack. So his, his whole thing is that he's smart, but he's also evil basically. Like that's, that's his archetype. If you had to just put him into a box, mm-hmm. like, when he introduces himself, he sort of um, he sort of comes across as like mag- as, as like a magneto type. Like when he introduces himself, he's like the the world doesn't know what we are and what we can do, and we got to show them, which is like very magneto of him. Mm. Um, but really, his entire point is like his entire motivation through the entire movie is just to like he's a comic book nerd and he wants to make comic book fights happen. Yeah, which. I honestly think is awesome. Like, that's an awesome motivation for a supervillain. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wanted to see more of him. I just wanted to see more of him for that reason, because he's just engineering these little comic book fights between his friends, basically, <laughs> which is awesome. And, yeah. like, he only got to do he only got to do that a little bit, and it backfired something fierce for him in, in the end, because he's the bad guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, we'll, get it, we'll get to that shortly. Um... I've been talking a lot. Is there something that uh, have you, do you have any thoughts on this that I haven't talked about yet? Um, well, we talked about pacing, so we said the yeah, pacing was just really slow. bad. It's so slow, really slow, and then the, the ending had there was like multiple endings, and it was very confusing. Well, this is so so. I think this is this is barely a spoiler, but at this point, you know, we're as, as things go on, we're going to get more and more spoilery. So just be careful. This is barely a spoiler, but this is an M Night Shyamalan movie, mm-hmm. so. There is a twist or two or three or however many. Like, that's it's kind of expected at this point. Yeah. And, like, I went into it kind of expecting that, but also, I don't know. I don't care enough about M. Night Shyamalan to, like, at the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is an M. Night Shyamalan movie, right? Yeah, it, it, it does get more disappointing every time you watch one of his twists. It, feel, it felt like in this movie, because there, there were, like, three twists, I want to say. Three or four. I almost... That, Oh. Um, you. It's like he was trying to up the ante. You know, it's like oh, before one, like people are getting tired of one twist. So why don't we add more and maybe people get more excited? And like, what's weird is that he had all of these. He had all these twists that you're talking about, and because of that, I was always expecting the next one. And at the very end, it almost seemed like there was no twist at all because, like, mm. the last thing I was expecting didn't happen. 
Yeah. Which is which is good because the last thing I was expecting was garbage. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was weird. Like at the end, it just sort of fell off. Like literally, just at the at there. Okay, so here's the end of the movie. So if you if you're still with us and you haven't seen this movie, you turn really, it off. It's really hard not to talk about spoilers when it comes to this. In the end of the movie, yeah. they're all sitting in a train station mm-hmm. and just waiting, mm-hmm. and then the credits roll. Yeah. Just so felt... there you go. There's the whole end of the movie. Okay, that's not the whole end of the movie, but like, yeah, so... it just felt like it just kind of ended. Yeah, you know, like there wasn't like a conclusion or anything. It just like it like there was a conclusion earlier. Yeah, I felt like it could have stopped at a certain point, but it just kind of kept meandering. And went by the time it ended, I was like, oh, like it, well, I don't feel anything. They anymore. gave so every character dies in this movie, or every all three of the main characters, and every single one of them has a ten minute death scene. Yeah. Wait, no, not really. Uh, I would say Bruce Willis got shafted there. Yeah, that's true. Opinion. Okay, so Glass has like this long death scene. Mm. Kevin has this huge, huge death scene. Like it just goes on. Like he's sitting there sputtering blood and it's like, all right, Changing. time for the next personality. Yeah. And like they go through, I don't think they go through quite all of them, but they go through a lot of them. Like yeah. there's... There's his high priestess personality. Then there's his nine-year-old boy personality. Then out comes, like, the English guy, and he says, Casey, we got to wash these pants. Uh, and then out comes Kevin, and he's like, I am I just get to be Kevin until I die now. And then he yeah. dies. That's his last words. Yeah. So, you know, cool. Good yeah. for him. That was kind of a nice – I thought that was a sweet it, touch It was. It was a, it was a good ending to his character. It was – it felt over long. It was probably about as long as it needed to be. Mm-hmm. It just felt like it meandered. Like, this movie has pacing issues at every yeah, point. Everything meandered. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Oh, but then, so the real twist of the whole thing is in Bruce Willis's death scene. Because you said he gets shafted, and he absolutely does. His death scene is like a minute and a half. But as he's being drowned... It's by a policeman. The psychiatrist comes up to him and reveals that she's part of the Black Clover. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what the hell is that a Black really Clover? Super, there was no foreshadowing for that. There was no so hints in other movies. So that's not a thing from other movies. No, it was completely new and out of nowhere, and it didn't feel like a rewarding. Uh, it was the twist. It was. I think that was one. It was one of the twists. But the problem with that, it wasn't rewarding at all because there was nothing from previous parts of the movie that you could have picked up on to realize. Yeah, and whatever the Black Clover is doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So they are a secret organization that for thousands of years has been killing superheroes. Yeah. So one, superheroes are an established thing in this universe. Like, they're a real thing that there's been lots of them in the past and they've just all been killed off. Mm. And uh, also there's a secret organization that's killing them. That's Those are... Those two things are the superheroes thing is kind of established earlier, but those two things together are sort of like they're kind of just sprung on you and like, well, not really sprung on you. They're just like those two things are kind of solidified right in that moment. And it doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. because no one cares that much that there's superheroes in this world because there's literally only the three. Mm-hmm. Two of them are bad guys, and no one really cares about the third one anyway. Like, he's a vigilante who happens to be also very strong. And then this secret organization, 
they're never they're never introduced properly. Like I don't even know if they're actually called black clover. I assume. Yeah. But like, there's they're uh, they 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 exist. Like the reveal scene to this is Bruce Willis. One of his powers is that he can touch people and see like a memory or a vision of them or something. And the vision that he sees of the psychiatrist is a secret meeting where a bunch of people just stand up and it's like, all right, we're all alone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's a cult meeting. That was so cliche, by the way. Yeah. That whole, that whole, like, them waiting. Like, why? first of all, why are they meeting? It's like a it's like a really old organization, ultra secretive, but they're meeting in a restaurant of all places. Yeah, so, like, you know, it's, I don't know, board meeting at the Sopranos or something. Mm-hmm. And they just hang, and they're, the whole thing is we're alone now. And then they don't tell, they don't show any, like, they don't really have any speeches about what the organization's about or even really hint at it. At one point, I guess I guess she sort of introduces the organization by expositing like we've been killing superheroes. Okay, so what's the whole point? Is it mm-hmm. just a, is it just a secret Is it just like an Assassin's Creed style thing where they're the assassins and the superheroes are the Templars or mm-hmm. something? Like it didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't mean anything. And so the so like I was like, oh no, that's the twist. But also, I don't care. And yeah. then there was, was there another twist after that? Oh yeah, uh, the glass. Twist right, where... because the the other twist was that Eli Elijah Glass Samuel L. Jackson has known this the whole time, and that he was secretly using the cameras in the uh, in in the in the prison to stream all of this to a private website and then send it to his mom. His mom. <laughs> so his mom working off a 1996 iMac computer <laughs> is going to send all of this. She makes it public on the internet. And like, I mostly just, I'm just like, yeah, okay, this is M night Shyamalan and I'm a computer scientist. So like, I understand the internet better than he does. So sure. Whatever. Mm. But like, he gives it to his mom and expects her to, Distribute it to everyone. I like. Yeah, that was that was kind of weird. Like, if he's a mastermind, why is he giving it to his mom? His mom. <laughs> well, I'm hoping he trusts us. But yeah, I'm pretty sure his mom was technically supposed to be like 90 or something. Or yeah. 80 in this movie. So because he's like 60. Yeah. Or you know, close to it. But like, so at the end of this movie, his mom uh, sends this to Bruce Willis's son. And uh, the girl from Split. And then they, I guess they upload the whole thing at once. It wasn't really clear. At the end, it's like, how long ago did we upload this? 20 minutes ago. And mm-hmm. then someone looks on their phone and it's a YouTube video, which is man bends bar with bare hands. Which looks so stupid. By the way. Which, <laughs> I was laughing like, when I saw that. I would see that and I'd be like. Like, if I were in-universe watching this, I wouldn't have been like, oh, my God, this is real. I would have been yeah. like, hey, that's some really cool it's special cool. effects. Yeah. Also, like, when he was bending the bar, I'm pretty sure in that scene, the beast was, like, eating someone alive. Yeah. So he's, like, storing them inside. He's storing these SWAT soldiers inside the storage unit for, like, five minutes. Right. While so, this guy's murdering people behind him. I was like, what, what's going on? What? So at the end of the so at the end of this movie, we're just jumping back into this fight. Yeah. There's the fight between Bruce Willis and uh, Kevin, Kevin, and uh, or the Beast, the yeah. the Wearman, and uh, <laughs> he's so 
they're all being attacked by SWAT agents, which I thought was cool. Like the fight scenes in this movie are mostly pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I mo and I really liked that like this is a superhero fight between a clear good guy and a clear bad guy. Mm-hmm. And also the police are trying to kill everybody, which is like you know, they don't do that enough in Spider Man. Like if in if I was expecting like because of my knowledge of superhero movies, I was expecting they were going to fight and the police were going to come in and they were going to like crowd around and form a circle like 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 two teachers fighting after class or something. But like um, – so what happens is they're all being attacked and so basically they have to split off and fight their own teams of SWAT people. And Bruce Willis like throws all the SWAT people into a container and then spends, like you said, five minutes – just bending a, a metal pole so the container won't open. Yeah. Which is dumb because he's going to have to undo that eventually anyway. Yeah. And also they're in a container like – with the, the bar was already there. It's yeah. Like, the bar would still stop them I think. The right? bar would probably stop them. It would stop them for long enough that he could get back to his fight. Yeah. And meanwhile, Kevin is like beating the heck out of this police officer in a riot shield and then – because it's taking Bruce Willis so long to bend this pole, like Kevin just starts eating one of the police officers. <laughs> so funny. Like I was watching that, I'm like, you could be what? doing something here, yeah. hero. Also, the SWAT, they never shot him. He's like murdering people, but they use riot shields to try to contain him for some reason. Yeah, and like one person did eventually shoot him, but they only shot him after he turned from the beast back into Kevin. Yeah. And so like, they had guns. It's not like they didn't have guns. And why didn't anyone try to kill him as the beast? Because, like, if the psychiatrist is doing her job and is at the right spot and is supposed to be there as a psychiatrist, then it's safe to assume that all of these people are just mentally ill. Mm-hmm. So you can probably just shoot him. Yeah. But, no, they had to wait for him to turn to a different identity. They had to wait for his DID to wear off, I guess. Because... Yeah. Well, I guess mental illness is a superpower, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a bad one. So, mm-hmm. well, the only thing I can think of is I think some of the members of the SWAT team were black, black clover. Right? Is it black clover? Am I getting that? They, right? they never said the name. Oh, it was okay, it was okay. a three leaf clover, and it was black. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's black clover, so, except that that's also an anime. So like maybe yeah. not. So they might have wanted to kill them in like the right circumstances, like depowered or something. You know, like because all I all guess. the all the deaths were like really anticlimactic, like. The one guy gets shot out of nowhere. Or Kevin gets shot, right? Yeah, Glass just, doesn't die. It's Kevin. Glass then, just got, like, someone <laughs> pushed him out his of his shoulder. chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Bruce Willis dies in a puddle. So I, could, I guess I could, like, if, if they were all Black Lotus, then I could see maybe why they didn't want to kill them in a really dramatic way. I, I guess. they want to keep it on the DL, you know? Yeah, I, I mean... This movie was constantly denying me what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to see lots of Eli Glass. They don't even have him for the first half an hour. And then, like, there's a 10 minutes of him being smart and, like, a lot of him just being, like, comatose. Yeah. And this movie, like, is building up to this big showdown at a giant tower that just opened. Yeah. They never showed that. Yeah. This movie was supposed to have a twist at the end. I didn't feel like it had much of a twist because the only twist that was there didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it didn't have an after credit scene. So yeah. if somehow you still haven't seen this movie, if you go and see this movie, don't wait for the credits because there's nothing. Yeah. Well, I don't know what they would show, honestly. <laughs> I was, so. I was fully, so what I was expecting is the twist of this movie is mm-hmm. like, is like, and in, in the end, they're in the comic shop, and like 
They're reporting on all of this stuff. And then one of the people reading a comic is Mark Wahlberg from The Happening or something, <laughs> yeah, like some yeah. other M. Night Shyamalan character. I was yeah. expecting we were going to get an M. Night Shyamalan universe or something. Oh, okay. Shyamalan cool, universe. Huh. I mean, it sounds cool, but then you think of the movies he's done and like... Yeah, probably not. Probably wouldn't Especially be. Especially this, like, this was technically, like, a culmination of, like, yeah. making a shyamalan verse, but that didn't work out either. So. And, like, this movie does leave it open for a sequel, which I guess is fine, except that all the interesting parts of this movie are dead. Yeah. Like, Split, the, the guy from Split is interesting enough that I would have watched a third movie with him in it. Bruce Willis' character kind of sucks, but, like, I guess... I guess I wouldn't mind if they gave him a proper sequel to Unbreakable, where, like, he's a main character and actually does something. Mm -hmm. Um, Samuel L. Jackson just dies. And that sucks, because he's the best character. Not much to do there. Can we talk about the acting really quickly, too? Yes, let's let's, let's talk about that. Because I really... I thought James McAvoy, who plays Kevin, the Beast, you know, he... I thought it was kind of ridiculous how overact he overacted basically everyone in the movie to the point where it just kind of felt annoying, you know? Yeah, I don't disagree. Like, I kind of... They gave his nine-year-old persona a couple of good scenes, but he was also in, like, way too much of the movie Mm -hmm. to the point where even in those good scenes, I'm like, wow, I wish this was someone else. Yeah, and he's also in Split a lot, too. Okay. So, I, I like... I don't know about you, but, like, because I saw Split, I already yeah. kind of saw the gimmick. I, I don't want to yeah. call it a gimmick, but, like, it's like, oh, wow, James McAvoy is an amazing actor. You can yeah. balance 23 personalities. But then I see it again, and it, the, the whole movie's him doing the same shit. It's like... And then no one else acts. I mean, it comes, like, it comes back to the issue of pacing, right? Because, like, the whole movie is already badly paced, and then his... The the timing and, like, the amount of time he's in each of his personas is also, like, badly balanced. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have his high priestess persona. I don't remember what. Uh, Miss, Pat- Miss Patricia. Patricia yeah. Miss Patricia is, like, she's, like, the mastermind of all, her perso- of all his personas. Or at least that's what she comes across as in this movie. And, like, she's not in it enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to see more. I, I initially went in kind of hating that persona because she's got very much... Uh, She's she's got this thing, this tick where she just like always holds her hands in a certain way over mm-hmm. her body, and I kind of hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, after seeing the movie, I'm like, okay, I want to see more of this person because she's the one that should be interacting with Glass all the time because they are both like Eli Glass is the mastermind, and she is managing all of these personas. So like. These are the two that should be talking, and they don't talk often enough. Yeah, I think they talked, like, twice, and it wasn't very long. Honestly. I think they might have had one earnest discussion. Yeah. And, like, they, they talked a couple of times, but, like, they only had the one real discussion between the two of them. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was not expecting to work as well as it did was, like, that nine-year-old persona and Elijah Glass. Like, mm-hmm. that worked really well. I didn't expect that to work as well as it did, but mm-hmm. they had great chemistry. Uh you know, one tenth of James McAvoy and also Sam Jackson had great chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one guy I wanted to see more of the like the the sassy Englishman who didn't who didn't want any part of anything. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in it at all. Yeah. They had like ten perso- They they had ten personas. Those were the three main ones that they even really talked about. Mm-hmm. And then the other seven kind of come up occasionally, but. 
I didn't even realize there were 10 and much less 23. Mm -hmm. So like even as a gimmick, it didn't work as well. And I would, I haven't seen split, but Mm -hmm. I would assume it didn't work as well in this movie because it's just, they just don't balance it very well. Yeah. Well, also a big part of split was discovering all these different personalities. Right. Like you don't initially understand the, the mental disorder he has from the start. So it's a big learning process throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. But from here, I'd say he has the most screen time for sure. But then also we already know everything about him, honestly. So they only pick like three to focus on. Yeah, they pick three to focus on. And then also there's just nothing new to to learn about him. Yeah. Like like the whole thing, I guess like it was building towards the beast in the split. Yeah. Split, right? Yeah. Um, it, that was like the big mystery behind like this persona, but like it's it's all on the surface now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so there wasn't really any in, anything interesting for me about him anymore. That might that honestly be the that might honestly be like how you could describe this entire movie, like mm-hmm. because everything is already known about this movie. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to discover, mm-hmm. and that's just where the whole movie fails, kind yeah. of, because yeah. like. The only new thing that this movie introduces is a secret society of supervillains, yeah. basically. Yeah. Except that they're not interesting and they're not really built up to. It's yeah. just sort of a stupid reveal at the end. Yeah. Um, oh, lastly, I want to talk about uh, they really went hard with meta meta commentary when when uh, like about comic books, right? Right. And I really think it didn't do very well if that makes sense like it was very ham-fisted yeah and over the top you know they kept like describing like you remember the side characters they would read comic books and mm-hmm. then they would they, i think they came back to the asylum and be like oh this is the part in the comic book where like the main villain in the suit in the in yeah the, the crazy guy team up and then he manipulates him and then Which, the problem is really that it was so ham-fisted yeah. because Eli Glass's entire motivation is that he wants the world to be like comic books mm-hmm. or that he thinks that the world is yeah. like comic books. And that, that was a cool motivation, yeah. but it wasn't subtle at all. No, it and that's... hit you in the face with it over and over again. If this movie called Glass was about Eli Glass and his belief that the world is comic books, this would be a good movie. Mm-hmm. And it did none of those things. Yeah, it kind of mixed, it mixed it all into one, but it didn't work. And it didn't pay off. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's what this movie is, lack of payoff. Yeah, so, yeah, actually, I was going to say that. I was thinking during this movie, like, this, while I was watching the movie, this movie is constantly teasing something really cool and then denying me that thing. Every time. Every single time. So we are almost at the end here. Uh, Anything else you wanted to say about this movie? Don't watch it. (laughs) Okay, well, I was just going to say, like, would you recommend this movie? (laughs) So clearly no. I was really bored. I think if you've seen Split and Unbreakable, good for you. Those are good movies. <laughs> don't go. Don't, don't go see that. Don't go see Glass. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's definitely a Netflix movie at this point. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Which is a shame because it's got a lot of good actors. It's got good ideas, and it sucks. Yeah, it's not good. It had the ingredients, just couldn't stick the landing. So uh, I used two different metaphors there. That was weird. Yep, had the ingredients, <laughs> couldn't stick the landing. All right. Uh, well, so there's our first classic movie, mm-hmm. um, a true classic for okay. sure. Yeah. Uh, next time we will talk about uh, something else. What do we got coming up? I think we were looking at, and we said maybe the Lego Movie. Lego Movie Two, which looks pretty exciting, and 
There was something else, I swear. I can't think of it. Okay, well, I was I was talking about Battle Angel Alita. So oh. that's that's one that I might see before okay, the next cool. one. Uh, and then, oh, the the Oscars will be coming out, like, very shortly Ooh, after I, this. So, I like, we might cool just – let's just talk Oscars. about the Oscars next time. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I might want to need to catch up on some of those movies. I really want to watch them before. Yeah. Uh, one got nominated for – there's actually a Japanese movie nominated for animated uh, – for the animated Oscar yeah, this year. That. Which, like – it hasn't happened since Studio Ghibli sort of stopped making movies mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. So I got to go see that, see yeah. if that's any good. That's exciting. And uh, yeah. So anyway, that is uh, Classic Movies Live for this week. Uh, I've been Jeff. and I'm Pierre. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back uh, two weeks or so.